Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, Dane Baptiste, my producer friend, Howard Cohen, currently away on holiday, and a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from Sarah from Kent's question. Now we are... A year on since the Ukraine versus Russia war started, how much longer do you think until the war is over? So, good question, Sarah. I think the war will be done when the money runs out because it seems like this is not just a war between Russia and Ukraine. It should be Russia and all of their, I guess, affiliates and interests globally versus the Ukraine's backers, which would include ourselves and the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. So, whenever the people that are keeping this proxy war going run out of money, then we will see an end to the conflict so if you do like the show please rate and review on apple Podcasts or follow us on spotify wherever you get your podcast from and you'll never miss an episode where you can hear all of our very special questions no matter how big how small or how aggressive or passive they are you can hear all of our very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests with that being said on today's show is an award-winning actor and filmmaker who was born in lagos nigeria and moved to the uk at only age 10 he has starred in some iconic films to include adulthood anotherhood He's also appeared on small screen and absolutely fabulous, taking stock, Demons Never Die and more. And as a filmmaker, he has produced content for Netflix, Sky, Comedy Central, BET UK, Universal Pictures, just to name a few of the people he has collaborated with creatively. And he was also selected as one to watch by the Edinburgh International TV Festival and broadcast hotshot by Broadcast Magazine. And he has also been so gracious enough to allow me to work alongside him in one of his projects, which was the Culture Capsule on BET UK. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Femi Oyeniran. Thank you for having me, bro, no, man. No, pressure. Pre- pressure? Well, yeah, pressure, because you got a lot on here, boy. It's a strong bio. No, but you but read pressure. it so well. Even I was like, oh, right, I did that. That's sick. Absolutely. Oh, right, Dane was in that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, we, as we say all the time on this podcast, we all like to be able to uh, give flowers to people while they are here. Oh, thank you. Um, I definitely consider you uh, a pioneer and in many ways a shepherd of the culture, man. And uh, for a long time, we wanted to get on there and uh, really think about your mind creatively. And I guess also executively in terms of making things happen yourself, man. And um, we also, we left out musician as well. I allow it, man. Listen, one tune still counts. Why is everyone on to me about that? (laughs) Onto like, you, like I'm onto you because every I'd... every time I talk to any anyone at the moment, that seems to be like on trend. But yeah, Dude. I used to spit bars. That's what I'm saying to you. I, I was on it. I was used to write bars. I used to. I was. I was like, I wanted to be an MC more than I wanted to be an actor at one point. I totally understand it. Like, I feel. I feel like a lot of the time, like for uh, that generation, it's very seldom that we saw people in films and stuff that represented us. Yeah. There's a lot more musicians, so it kind of makes sense that people because. A lot of my peers, I feel like, have been able to use music in order to transcend into other stuff. So if you look at Michael Dapper, mm. obviously came through as Roadman Shack, but has been able to parlay that into more opportunities. Yeah. Obviously, one of Mo's first, Mo Gilligan has also been on the podcast. One of his first um, viral videos was him doing different types of MC and stuff as well. Obviously, Munya makes an amazing blend of uh, music and uh, comedy satire. and stuff as well. Yeah. And satire as well. So, yeah, no, it makes total sense, man. And at the end of the day, look, listen, 
The main thing is you had an idea, you created something. <laughs> And you made it happen, man. And it worked. Yeah, that's all. That's all to good, like man. To like hundreds of people that saw it. Saw it. Listen, it wasn't. I nice. recorded it being on Channel U. It was there for long enough for people <laughs> to see it. And, and you know, you got to start somewhere. You got listen. It all starts somewhere. And I feel like for someone that's uh, been involved in so many different projects to have that perspective. Yeah, I, 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 I think definitely. Like I, I love British music. Mm. I loved grime. I don't listen to it as much because I'm older, mm. not that aggressive anymore. Um, or I've got enough aggression in my life as it is. <laughs> like, you know, like actually the the media that I consume is to help me relax rather than yeah, yeah. you know rather than using it to push you. Like yeah, exactly. It was just an important error, like you know that first wave of grime, and obviously for the there was a second wave. Yeah, there's yeah. probably been a third wave as well. But yeah. anyway, but like ultimately, like you know, I just really wanted to be part of that. That's how I met my business partner Nikki Slim Team. Mm-hmm. Like someone took me studio yeah. to go meet him. Because I wanted to make tunes with yeah. him. Because I was like, oh my gosh, your Nicky Slim thing used to be on Pirate Radio. Da, da, da. Yeah, I was, yeah. He was like, he was looking at me like confused, like, bro, you're in films. Like, <laughs> 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 but I was like, oh my gosh, it's you never understand. No, it's good though, because I mean, again, you proved the point that like by you having other interests and having an open mind to creativity, he's able to meet, yeah, someone who had the same kind of vision. And yeah, absolutely. We are where we are, man. I say that as the format of this uh, show dictates, mm-hmm. it should be time to ask a question. So Femi is our very esteemed guest. I'd like to invite you to ask a question. It could be anything that's on your mind. Nothing is too big, too small or irrelevant, which we'd like to discuss for you for about half an hour. And then I'd like to pose a question to you to discuss for the same amount of time. And then we'd love for you to tell our listeners and viewers where they can find out about your great works, past, present and future. Okay, so my question, yeah. Mm-hmm. How did reselling like clothes, like fashion start? That's a good question. That's a good question. Any, any, anything in particular that's prompted this question? No, your drip. This guy is so, this guy is so flexy. <laughs> I'm looking at his trainers, oh yeah. God. I'm looking at his trainers, <laughs> literally. I'm looking, I'd like lots of serious questions. But then I just thought, no, this is a pertinent question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's very important to, yeah. to, to like youth culture, black culture oh, at the definitely. moment. Yeah, yeah, true. Resell culture, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like, it's a massive, massive, massive thing that brands are now cutting onto. Yeah. And I'm looking at your trainers. I'm like, I've never seen them before. <laughs> yeah. Like, but what if I want them? But I can't buy them. Yeah. Unless I'll go to a resale website. Yeah, or there, and I think sometimes now you have places like uh, Kick Game that do like resale stuff as well. Yeah. But um, so I didn't get this retail, but yeah, so did, yeah, so the resale thing is, is how you get it. But I, I think it's largely due to like a lot of these uh, fashion houses and streetwear brands initially followed the uh, blueprint that Supreme kind of set. So I think for those who know, Supreme is a streetwear and kind of skate brand. He's got started. their hat. This guy's got like this it's guy's jeeped up. <laughs> this guy's jeeped up. This guy's wearing Supreme. He's wearing some Nikes I've never seen in my life before, and he's wearing like a bape top. I'm sure the trousers are from somewhere there. Nike tech fleece. Oh, dude, all right, cool, so all right, so tech fleece Nike, but you can't get them anymore as well. Yeah, yeah. You, I saw them in America. I was just gonna buy them just cause, mm. like, but you can't get tech fleece. I think yeah. they in, you can get them in the in the states now, yeah, because they've introduced it and mm. people are hype about them. Yeah, like yeah. they're big street well thing yeah, yeah, in definitely. in America now, mm. but you can't get them here. So you just got clothes that you can't get you unless you go on a resale website. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, I I want to explain here because the t shirt I think was from Selfridges, and the trainers are from the StockX. And I think the hat is also from StockX. It might be from Supreme. But I think this is retail. This was retail. And then, yeah, these are uh, resales. But I, I think for me, my own personal thing with like resold stuff is, um, yeah, I kind of picked up the culture in the States as well. But it was more, I had like a plug. So my cousin, I think, definitely keeps up on like a lot of streetwear brands and stuff. 
and his friends have got like some independent labels and stuff like that as well. And I think what initially happened in the culture is there was a time before where I guess people had their own brands and a lot of the rappers and stuff kind of moved their brands like following the success of like Rockaway. Then I think Nelly had um, Vocal. And then there was other shit with brands like Aniche. And I think that was kind of... You know, Aniche, Aniche is a funny brand because I, I, I used to call it Anisi. I had yeah, a suit. I had a suit. Yeah. yeah. And then someone said it's called NYC. Pre it. Yeah. But then it might not. No, it, it might sense. be Aniche. No, it makes sense. I think, it, it, I guess it depends how you pronounce it. But, the N, but it could be Aniche, but the NYC makes sense as well. I had, a, I, had a, I had a top and bottom. It was like a biker thing. Loads of labels. I thought it was lit. I thought I thought I was lit. I used to do the American thing still. Yeah, of course. I had academic drips. My friend from school sometimes. Academic. Me so too. My academic friends from school sometimes, they try to draw me out. Like They're like, yeah. remember when you used to wear American? I'm like, I never used to wear American. <laughs> what are you talking about? I had the Avrex, like, you know. Listen, like, listen, listen. That, was, that was the drip. That was the drip. And before, before the resale and stuff, that was the drip. Like, I definitely had, and are you from East? No, I'm from North. Oh, okay. I'm from, yeah. I'm from Holloway. Yeah, so even then, that's 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 pretty drippy for North for North London as well because I think in East academic tracksuits were very big. Well, they were, they were the yeah, thing, they were, but they were East. Thing. But remember, the academic tracksuits were big, but then the grime lot were big. Yeah. So grime was driving youth culture at the yeah, time, and the fashion as well, like and the fashion. Mm. And so because like. Cause, cause, like there were guys that had lyrics about academics and mm. da, 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 like you wanted to wear academics. Oh, of course, and also and, like at the time, at a certain age, you could, a tracksuit was expensive enough, right? So that's what you could afford. Like, and that's what, it's an interesting thing because I think before the whole resale thing, like there was probably a certain amount that people of a certain age would spend on clothes, and I think that's changed significantly. Where I think now people are aware of the how lucrative the resale market is, because I never used to. When I was younger, I used to remember going up to um, Upper James Street and like even like now like Berwick Street and then places where like you've got Foot Patrol and like the old bape shop used to be there. There never used to be queues. And I think we would never, and I don't think, even though you try to stay up on fashion, we never used to think about drops. That never used to yeah, be a thing. Yeah, the idea of drop is yeah, mad. A drop, yeah, drop, that never used to be a thing. And I think that's changed now and there's a number of different influences that's, that's had in it. I think Supreme's one of them because their business model would be like they would make a line of clothes and whenever they made it, if that week or whenever that gets sold, it's not remade. If it's gone, it's gone. If it's gone, it's gone. And that used to create, I think that created a lot more um, kind of hysteria about the sales. And because of that, it allowed for them to be able to mark stuff up crazily or people to resell stuff because if it's gone, then the more scarce something is just by economically, it's going to become more yeah. valuable, I guess, isn't it? Because like on a retail price for like a Supreme t-shirt is like you're paying now £38. But to resell it, depending on what, like, for example, some of the earlier stuff, like there's the um, Nasty Nas um, one, it's at least £250. Or it's even like, I remember going to the States before there was just like a lot of people was cottoned on to like American clothes and stuff as well. And Jordans, I'd see Jordans in the shop and it may not be like, just like the freeze, but it might be like the fours or stuff like that. And I'd be like, or even like the ones, the dunks yeah, down. Yeah, and yeah. I'd be like, yeah, people ain't really wearing that. Because... In the UK, we probably gravitate to more like MX 95s, like 110s and stuff like that. So I'd just be like, yeah, wait, wait. The Jordan thing, yeah, the Jordan thing is like people gone like we've always worn Jordans. We haven't. We haven't at all. If you wore that, like people would assume they that were you were dead. kind of like yeah, a yeah, basketball player. Yeah, yeah, basketball yeah. player. Oh, if you, even if you played basketball and stuff like that, and if you even if you had an affinity with the uh I guess the more the, the diaspora in America, like you was into basketball, you was into Jordan stuff like that, people would be like, like, why are you trying to drop that? Why are you begging it? Why like, are you begging that, it? Yeah, but, in, but especially in London. Now, this generation, people don't beg it. No. 
Then in, in the initial because there's networking, social media made it so you don't beg it. Exactly. Remember, beg That's being a beg was such you, you <laughs> yeah. didn't want to be a yeah. beg. If you went up to somebody, he was like, "Yeah, we say, bro." Oh, bro. Were like, why are you begging? Be- it? Yeah. <laughs> being a, I remember like actually, social media <laughs> so killed begging it. Yeah. yeah because the whole point. point of social media is you're begging it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you, but now it's like. Begging it is okay because it's just the act of you using your thumb. You don't have to do it in person. Yeah. I think on the other side of it is that begging it now also gives you the uh, space where you can criticise something from safety. Because before, if you spoke a certain way about something, when people saw you, they'd, have, they'd be able to confront yeah, you about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Whereas now people can be like, yeah, that's dead and blah, blah, blah. But, I've always, but I, th- I think it's always been funny where I think where people behave on social media and how they behave in person are still two very different things. It's true. Like, I, 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 people definitely create personas, but like for me, it's like what what blows my mind about social is that actually when we were young, like you were so scared to beg friend with people yeah, yeah. to like like, and that social media quickly rebranded that as networking. Yep. And networking just became a normal thing, like mm. making new friends. Which I think is a good thing because like, I think like growing up in London, you're just a bit too stiff, man. Oh, definitely. Just and with your friends definitely, all the time. Yeah. London, Londoners uh, historically, like, even though obviously London's a very big and very densely populated city, it is like a collection of very of separate tribes. And, you know, social media, and I think even to an extent, like, I saying before, like, how you've had, you had a very integral role in earlier parts of the culture at the turn of the century with like, Channel U and making films like, you know, Kidhood and, and Anotherhood. These are like these are like very significant parts of elevating the culture. I think before that, it was very hard for you to find out what was happening, even though people are in a very similar experience yeah. in different parts of London. Because for me, like I'll be honest, like I grew up in Lucian. I didn't really know unless you heard stories every now and again or how Mandan was living in northwest London. Like even the song North Weezy by BMD and them lot. For me, that put it on the map. Like I'd heard of Halston and I heard of Stonebridge in passing, but like places like like yeah, you didn't. Ch- it, was like, yeah, it was inward looking. Yeah, it was very yeah, inward looking. Yeah, exactly. We were all quite insular, so yeah, you're right. Social media definitely helped that as well. And I think to an extent, fashion then was also very different. You probably could tell where somebody was from 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 the way they were dressed. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, definitely. But like Southman wore more American clothes. Mm. I think it depends. It depends who it was really, because Averexes definitely. Avex is definitely a big thing. I don't feel like a lot of Southman were on like Rolexes early. They were, might have been on like having the chaps, like more just having yeah, the yeah, jewelry. Yeah, yeah. But um, I wonder. The East lot like rings. Yeah, I remember they, like, rings. they had rings. Sovereigns. Sovereigns were big. Remember yeah, Sovereigns, Sovereigns were, were massive. Yeah, yeah, they were massive. Southwest, they used to rock platinum. Listen. Because, and that's because of Jay Z in it. So when Jay Z came through, like the elevation of the style was because everyone, everyone had gold. A lot of Southman was, I mean, yes, in, particularly in Southwest. They was wearing platinum jeans. Mad. Yeah, mad. When we talk about like fashion in general, is that like it was very hard for us to um not so no way we didn't have our own identity, but there were very little outlets for us to kind of to like, express, display them express, express it, yeah. those identities. Exactly, yeah. So I think a large reason why like clothing and resale and all that culture has basically exploded and increased so much is that now that we basically have a galvanized um consciousness where fashion is concerned, because we can show our drip, like you said, with social media, and we can. And I think there's also been the uh, conflation of like sports culture and uh, like music culture, yeah. which happened in America for time, whereby like I guess trappers would dress a certain way, and then um, rappers would mimic that, and then basketballers would started to mimic rappers, and now they all kind of influence one another because obviously a lot of apparel for like rappers and stuff like that comes from sports yeah for sure and that's the same thing with like in the UK as well as I tell people all the time like the level of impact our culture has had JD Sports don't sell sports stuff 
they just sell they sell tracksuit stuff like that, but they don't sell tennis rackets and shit. Even though it's supposed to be a sports shop. They just sell and trainers. They sell trainers, yeah. And even trainers. I never even thought about that. That's what I'm saying. And before uh, before the culture, people wore, wore trainers to train. Most people wore trainers to train. People like fashion houses like Versace and like Dior now, they've all got trainers. Yeah, but before trainers. it was shoes. Was it? They were just making loafers, shoes. Yeah, maybe loafers you might get, like, which would be worked in like quite casually. Yeah. You get Gucci loafers. But now, like you're not even a big fashion brand unless you've got your own type brand of trainer as well. So... I think like all these things have contributed to why this market is so big. But I think the economic reason, I think one of the reasons why it's gotten big as well is that people have not more disposable income, but I think what people are able to spend on certain assets has changed. Hmm. So before you might be able to be like, okay, but I got like a, fl- I got a house or a flat and work towards buying something that will last longer than three years. Whereas I think nowadays, like where people haven't got money, they can be like, I've only got the kind of money where I can invest in like a home or pay a mortgage necessarily. Because just as so basically, it's a new asset class. Yeah, I think it's just a new asset so, class that where people can't really display, well, where people can't invest their wealth in property. Now people will find other ways to no, show I agree their, with you. Um, more ostentatious displays of having money nowadays as well. Because I find it interesting because obviously Supreme, like I said, I think was one of the ones that led the whole culture of the started market. hype yeah. culture. Started hype, yeah, hype yeah. beast culture. Because you can't get you can't even get Supreme in Dubai, which is interesting because obviously people got much more disposable income there, but there's probably a very lucrative market where if you can buy stuff at retail here and sell it to people over there, Dubai, you yeah. probably market up by like 200%. Yeah. So there's, I think that's that's definitely, we live in a culture now whereby when we when I was growing up, there was a fine line in terms of, if you wore certain things, it was almost as if like you had to be prepared to what, what came with it. Mm. Like if you had an Avrex on your back, unless you were in a certain lifestyle, you could be in danger because people would take, there's a 450 pound jacket, it's coming off you. Even some men are taking your trainers. Whereas I think the culture shifted now where we say we're in this hype beat culture where it's like the way to show your dominance, like even as a man now, is more about being able to get something that someone else can't necessarily get. Mm. Whereas before it'd be like, I can just take it off somebody. Whereas now it's like having the wealth to be able to spend on stuff makes more of a difference. And I think there are fashion houses that are so aware of that now that I think it's almost like they're trolling people by what they charge for certain things. Yeah, for sure. I just feel like there's like there's a, just a massive gap in the market for, like, you know, like you said, things that are not, that are expensive, yeah. but are not, like, ultra expensive. Like, yeah. a lot of young, and also a lot of young people don't even have aspirations to, to get a car. Yeah. I, was, I was reading an article the other day, they were like, the percentage of young people mm-hmm. get doing their driving test has gone down by, like, 10% since, like, yeah, 10, 20 years ago because people are not even interested in driving because there's access to cars. Yeah, so we're yeah, in the yeah. age of access. Like young people want to access, they'd rather access a house than own a house because it's too expensive, it's too yeah, much yeah. stress and it's not mobile enough. They yeah. want to be able to move and do different That'd stuff. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to be tied down to a house and then you've got like, you know, that same generation doesn't want a car because I could just get Uber everywhere. Yeah. Like, you or, know, or, or if it's the event, and I got a show out. Well, I rent the thing in it. Yeah, for the exactly. Bank if it's the bank holiday <laughs> thing, everyone chip in and we rent the, yeah. rent the big thing in it. Or so like you know, like take for instance, my sister. She's in her twenties. Like she uses Zipcar. Yeah, or she gets Uber. Or she gets so, a like, car. Like, line bikes. Yeah. Like, and it's so it's so it's it's because it yeah, it's a good point because we're kind of in this gig economy now, whereby there's people just see there's no point in trying to hold on to or maintain a depreciating asset. And I just think also the expense of those things now just changed. Like you said, it's just changed. The echelon and being you, you have to be in in order to afford a house nowadays is so different. It puts you in a one percent. If you like, that's why we like where we talk about landlords and stuff like that now. Was like, it's, as you said correctly, like, let's get Airbnb. 
and we can just bring everybody there for, for the Airbnb. For, yeah, 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 and do a lit like list. I said, I, but why don't, don't buy? Why buy the yard? Buy buy the car when I can do a rental or a zip car? And people are cutting onto this as well because I guess it might be as well that young people are also aware of the fact that like these depreciated assets ain't really going to be worth something in the next couple of years because now Selfridges even rent clothes. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really interesting because I, it's just a man. I feel like it's a cultural shift mentality shift yeah that i think obviously fashion's clocked onto mm -hmm. which has led to resale yeah and like you know a few other industries have clocked onto but i just feel like maybe at the governmental level politically yeah. i don't think they've clocked onto the fact that yeah. actually eventually you're gonna be your the economy as it stands at the moment is built off like home home like people own it property people yeah. like you're probably not gonna have loads of people owning property exactly. you're probably gonna you're gonna have a property class yes. that owns lots of property because there's man them that are on the property thing hard yeah, yeah, as well yeah, definitely so like you're gonna have a few of them and then you're mm. gonna have other people like actually i just want to live in a littest flat yeah. for one year yeah yeah and then and I'm going to move. move on. And it, make, and it makes sense. And in some ways it makes sense. Obviously, like, I think a lot of people learn, especially with like the subprime mortgage crisis, that having a mortgage or being on the ladder for sake of being on the ladder isn't the uh, safe investment it used to be because there's so much involved in maintenance now. There's so many, like, even in terms of insurance, like acts of God and things that can happen, which can change your lifestyle. And I also think, like I said, with going back to social media, the world has become so much smaller now that people can do stuff like work remotely. So why do I want to sit in a flat in London and stuff like that where I can go and live in Abu Dhabi, still do my work remotely and the weather's better, my money stretches more and being open to doing that is allowing people to kind of like, yeah. For sure. Pick up stuff and kind of move on as well. So I think you're right. I just, I just think that nowadays money has been so nomadic for so long that the workforce is now following suit as well. And I think the lifestyle is also going the same way as And well. also the clothes then means that actually I want to buy these resale clothes. Mm. And because I can sell them too. It's I can business, wear it. Business unto yourself. Yeah. yeah, I could wear it for a little bit. And then when I get bored or I want to put money together to buy another one, I can sell it too. Yeah. Or like if I win this raffle, I can sell these trainers. Like Nikki's got some trainers, my business partner, Nikki. Mm. He's got some trainers that, um, some Travis Scott trainers. Oh, yeah. They're worth thousands. Yeah. But no he just won a raffle. We both entered the raffle, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. I boss him on the app. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I'm standing with him. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm entering a raffle for this Travis Scott trainers. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, show me. And I'm like, oh yeah, download this app. Mm. Da, 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 da. And like, this is where I get a lot of my rare trainers. Well, he's gone on it. Yeah. Next day, he's like, oh, I got the shoes, you know. I got my brethren to do it. I did it. Did it, did it. <laughs> yeah. And then I decided, I've got them. And he's wearing them. I was so angry. I was thinking, but we're not even Why the, are you wearing yeah, trainers? Are you crazy? Like, we're not even the same size. Yeah. But I was jealous that he got them. Of course. Even on my app. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't his app. Yes, it was saying. my app. I told you about it. I bought it, you in. And yeah. Like, pay me. Nah, and then you got crazy. the trainers. And now they're worth like, you only got them for like 200 and something pounds. Now they're worth like. And also the, the, for the retailers, for the original retailers, Trainers weren't two hundred and something pounds. Now that's the standard price. Yeah, easily. Like what? I remember when one ten to fifty pounds. Yeah, I know. It was, people say you're showing your age, and I don't care. I remember <laughs> when Air Force Ones were, were 50, fifty pounds. Good. You'll be lucky if you get them for under the hundred and ten pounds nowadays. Yeah, I just and think, that's again just even retail. Yeah, that's the cheapest you could. I feel like you know. I was looking at these trainers. I was like thinking it's all like near two bills now. Yeah, and that was before we had the cost cost of living crisis and yep. all of this stuff. It was all. You know, yeah, push it. I feel like they were able to push up the prices because, in a way, because there was a secondary market, yeah. they wanted a little bit of that. And it also yeah. showed, the secondary the market value. also, also yeah, showed that people are willing to pay over the odds yep. for these 
luxury items. Yeah, yeah. They've definitely done this. This is a sick question. No, it's, it's I'm good, enjoying man. this question that I asked. Because <laughs> I never even thought yeah, yeah. we could sustain this question. Oh, believe in yourself, man. But it's, it's, it's a valid thing to discuss because there's so many implicate there's so many aspects of it. And like I think another reason why uh, re, uh, reselling has become a big part of uh, contemporary culture is because I think younger generations are trying to observe some sustainability as well. Mm. Because this uh, hype beast culture is running along parallel with fast fashion nowadays. Because mm. even though we've seen this, we've also seen the emergence of like the kind of, the or the evolution of mail order where it's like, you know, ASOS and then that's Boohoo and Pretty Little Thing and Misguided and I saw it first. And a lot of that's quite fast fashion. And I think a lot of young people are aware of the fact that they can buy these things and they're quite cheap, but the long-term uh, ecological um, implications of that are quite bad. And I think a lot of them realise that. And also just the quality is not great because the idea is that it's supposed to turn over real quick. And I think some people are aware of that, which is why I think outside of like black culture, vintage culture has also exploded as mm. well alongside the resale thing where people, I think people have got the mentality where it's like they understand that some clothes aren't made like they used to be made. And so they can go back and they'll go back to a vintage shop and buy stuff and buy that old retro Nike top or because the thing, it still kind of holds its value. Yeah. And, even, and even as it has depreciated, it's still probably more valuable than buying something from Primark, which might be a little bit cheaper. Yeah. You'll probably get more out of this. And yeah, I, I think that's another reason you why. You know what? I've heard that, yeah. But like, I feel like young people mix. Yeah. I feel like a man will wear like some designer high fashion shoes. Yeah. But the drip is plain. Yeah. Because it's from Primark or mm. Boohoo or what. I feel like actually, I think like people have been pushing for like one or the other. Yeah. I feel like young people actually. What you see with a lot of young people, they always have an item. Social media has also contributed because you're under pressure to have new clothes every time you're yes. seen. Yeah, yeah. And you take so many pictures and you make so many videos of yourself that you don't want to be seen to be wearing the same clothes every yeah. time you Especially go out. Now there are even pages online that are dedicated to looking at exactly what you're wearing what you're, and breaking it down by cost. So there's like there's like what rappers wore, there's what footballers wore, and they will just break down your attire. How much everything well. costs. And, and so, culture is so, it's so much linked to where like, your uh yeah your drip definitely yeah so drip drip is definitely like i feel like drip culture is definitely um important and i just feel like that element like you know that element of like you know being a be looking fresh every time that pressure mm. to look fresh every time means that unless you're super mega rich or you're super into getting into debt you can't wear designer all the time yeah. or you're someone that's constantly selling on on depop and all of yeah. that stuff or maybe have someone to do it for you yeah so or you're you working with a stylist so the stylist might give it to you for the day for the photos then it goes back on onto depop and stuff like that as well for sure mm. or like you know what i'm seeing a lot more of is like young people because everyone keeps saying like oh these fast fashion brands no one likes them, blah, blah, blah. But they're still making mad pee. Oh, of course. And so because, and I just feel it's because people are mixing. Mm. So like people are wearing high fashion with fast fashion. Yeah, which is good. It's a good way of started. It's a good, it's a good way of doing it. And, and I would I would say that there's probably a lot of the uh, upscale fashion houses that must have very similar textile facilities as like their like, I've heard that. high street um, um, counterparts and stuff as well. Because one of the things that is, and it might be the scam is that Hype beast culture definitely emphasizes the collab. So, like, obviously, with things like Supreme and stuff like that as well, they, they're always regularly collaborating with, collaborating with other brands. Do you know what's funny about Supreme? Mm. They always collaborate with North Face, but it's yeah. owned by the same company. Yeah, because they can charge up more for it. So imagine, it's just, it's good imagine the imagine the bump, the bump here, yeah? like, because yeah. it is a bump. Imagine yeah. Supreme 
is owned by the company. So it's Supreme North Face, Timberland. Yeah. I don't know what the other brand is, but the companies that Supreme collabs with the most are those companies. Yeah, brands, yeah. And, and, so it's, and most people don't even know people it. People don't know yeah, it. It's crazy. Same as like, I think Nike and Converse is the same kind of Yeah, it's the same company. Well. Yeah, 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 it's the same company. So it's, and it's crazy. Adidas and Puma. And what's even funnier is that like, to manufacture it then, if you're just stitching the same two logos on the same brand, it means all of your costs through economies of scale are reduced because it's the same production line yeah. for the collab. But they charge more for it. Because two audiences having a North Face time supreme thing is yeah. brazy. And some people just to say, I got the new, I got the, the collab. Yeah. Just say they got just to say they got the collab. It's so crazy. Like when I went to New York to Supreme, you had to not only obviously you got a queue, but then you had to walk the day before, you're placing the queue, and then you gotta make sure that because I think that's silly, silly. Yeah, it's, silly, it's silly, crazy. Silly. And some people like will get someone to stand there for them, but like I've seen people queuing up in in Manhattan with like with suitcases and stuff, like it's it's so big. And I, I just I just think nowadays, like I said, social media just puts stuff in front of people's face so much that I think for younger people, especially, it's seen as a given that you have to have drip. I think when I was younger, there was a certain drip where you'd be like, I'm not expected to be able to afford that or like be a young guy that can afford a certain thing. Whereas nowadays, a young a girl that's half my age having a Louis Vuitton bag. It's standard. Standard. But do you think it's sustainable? Well, this is the thing why I re I think why reselling has proliferated so much is that I'm not sure how sustainable it is for both companies as well as consumers as well. Because I think for companies, there's only so much new things you can collab with and how and how much output you can have because these resources are going to be limited in terms of how much it just takes to make these textiles. So I think it's exactly as you said that rather than doing that all the time, I think they market the idea of scarcity to people and they can put the price out that way. And then as you said as well, they have a markup, which I think is based, normally there'll be a scrap value at the end of this this garment's useful life. This is how much it will be worth. But they think, oh, if we charge this much for it on a markup, then whatever that arrives at, we still get a piece of that in that kind of journey as it sells on and on. It could also be very possible, and I want to put it past people, because it would make sense if you're if you're Supreme or anything like that. Because there was like there was a young guy whose mum worked at Nike in it. So he used to I get remember. all the trainers yeah. and then just sell them a markup and make shitloads of money. Yeah. And there's probably a few people that have through nepotistic those connections, plugs, yeah. those plugs that they can kind of sell it on because it's just a, it's yeah, it's just I a mean, new there's a whole language, right? We're talking about drops, we're talking about drip, we're talking yeah. about plugs. Resell, retail. Resell, yeah. retail. This is like a whole new language like that, yeah. you know. If you're in that world, I was trying to explain it to someone and they, they just didn't understand. Like they were like they were yeah. like, What do you people mean? Understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean a drop? <laughs> like what is a drop? Like, yeah. you know, people, so. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are not familiar with it. But um, yeah, trust me, man. Every Thursday, boy, you'll find the queue outside of Supreme, and on Friday, Palace. Um, my man knows the days. This I know. This guy is drippy. <laughs> yeah. you know. Tries to deny. He's like Thursday Supreme, Friday Palace. Yeah. Saturday we got Nikes dropping. You know, <laughs> I, I know the queue in it. But yeah, I mean nowadays. But I, I think I'm at a point now where I had I did have the epiphany where I was kind of like you're tapping out. Yeah. Because I've got because it's not like I've got everything, but it's like. How much more can you get to innovate on this? And I also feel there's some things where I'm like, I'm kind of happy at this level because I don't think, I don't know what, I mean, it's possible. And I, I mean, I could, but I'm like, I don't, I'm at the same time, I think I'm from a generation where rather than me spending five bills on like Gucci trainers, I'd rather buy four pairs of 110s. Well, now you can't buy four pairs of 110. You yeah, can buy so. one pair of 110. <laughs> yeah. I was having a conversation with my friend um, with Getz, like rapper, obviously, for those that don't know. But yeah, my friend Getz, like, he was like, the thing about these resale things is like, 
Why am I paying six bills mm. for one tenth? Yeah, yeah. When I could just go and buy Prada shoes. Yeah, exactly. That, like that, if that, I'm going to spend that mentality. kind of money, yeah, 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 I might as well just buy a high fashion shoe. Yeah. And everyone knows that actually it might look like tacky, like I've blown the bag on it. But yeah. at least I, like, I know I'm blowing the bag on something that was actually intended to be yeah. RRP that price. And that's probably marked up anyway as it is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let definitely. alone like I'm buying something that I know at one time my friend Nikki got it mm. for 107 pound on the launches app. Yeah. When I told him about the app, it's now worth a bag. Now I'm just I'm speaking for me now. Like <laughs> yeah, that's specific. It's gotta be said by after after staying in raffles be in it to win it. But uh, just uh just so people have perspective. Imagine raffle, you yeah, enter raffle, raffle. for clothes. Like I said, I said to my partner, <laughs> you are buying. Listen, I said to my partner, I goes, Oh, she goes, Oh, where'd you get them trainers from? I goes, Oh, I won them on a raffle. She goes, You won them, yeah? You bought them, Femi. You bought them. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just so many people are aware of it that um yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's just it's I think it's just it's just created a whole new subculture. And I think being dressing fly or looking dri looking drippy was one thing, but now there's there's like a it's like an arms race of how you can kind of outperform one another to kind of make it happen. We'll be back after this. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to the show. That's a very good question. It's an interesting question. It's a good one, man. Are you going to ask me a question? I am, yeah. And that kind of helps me lead me to my question because obviously, as I said before, that uh, and as we discussed, you are very aware of mm. and uh, and very, I say, integral mm. um, to the culture. And I think that's definitely been a large part of your uh, raison d'etre and how you've kind of, uh, your work has been to galvanize black British culture mm. and positively project it to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that was one of the projects I was lucky enough to collaborate with you on was the uh, Culture Capsule. Mm -hmm. And um, for those who know, Culture Capsule was a, sh a show that came on uh, BET UK and had various guests uh, from the world of music, fashion, uh, film and TV and stuff. And it was kind of about what we think are some of the best cultural indicators to go into a capsule for someone that years later would find that and know who we were. And so my basic question is, Femi, if you... Had a culture capsule. Mm. What would you put in yours? Wow, that's deep. Like item or as many items as you I like. Put, so can I put myself. Of, yeah, of course, of course. That's you could, yeah, download the door. Just, Femi AI. Yeah, 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 you know, like just put like an AI version, yeah, AI Femi. Absolutely. Yeah, you limit your imagination. That's so. funny. That's yeah, yeah. interesting. No, I just think um, what would I put? That's a big question. Like in terms of like for my life, mm. you know what? Like I'm gonna answer that with a, a question that someone posed to me like well I'm going to start the first item is going to I'm going to start with a question mm. like 
someone said to me, what would you do if your Nigerianness died with you? Because mm. I've got two sons, right? Yeah, yeah. But what if they can't identify with Nigeria? I see what you mean. What if they just see themselves as like, British, British like yeah, black yeah, yeah. British, like, you know, British, which is not a bad thing to be or yeah, see no. yourself as, but, and just not identify think, or relate to common, Nigeria. Definitely common amongst um, the, I guess we're like fourth generation of Windrush. Yeah. That there are a lot of people who are, will have Caribbean grandparents or great grandparents never set foot on uh, on the Caribbean islands. Like even when I was growing up, I was, grew up in the 80s, a lot of my friends, their parents were born here and their grandparents were from the Caribbean. And I think it was only myself, my friend Alwyn, and like my friend Marlon, like our parents were actually born in Caribbean islands and came over like when they were teenagers. So I could definitely see it as a possibility. And it's not, yeah, it's, it's not really, it's not exactly a bad thing, but it's like, obviously if that's your experience, then- Yeah, I'm, I mean, it. and so for me, I would put something that represents my Nigerianness into the culture capsule because yeah, of yeah. that. Because that's important to me. Remember, yeah, I moved there when I was 10. Mm. That's super important to me. I have memories of like living with my grandparents, like living with my mom, my aunts, mm. like, just like having like it forming who I am as a person. Like I've got, yeah. I've got a son. I've got two sons. Right. I've got one that's eleven, and I've got one that turns ten in like two or three weeks. And so, you know, you look at him mm. and like all the experience that he's got, and he's a fully functioning person. Like he's walking. Yeah, his own mind yeah he's, he's a fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had all of that, but in mm. Nigeria, not mm. in England. I see. And my Nigerianness informed. That yeah, had to react to You know And yeah. so like for me I just want to pass A little bit of that on So I would put like I don't know like A piece of Nigerian music Or yeah. like There's loads of Nigerian music Now that is popping Like but I'll probably put one From when I was growing up Like something like There's an artist Called Sunny Ade mm -hmm. He's not like Obviously people love Fela Kuti and stuff like that yeah, And yeah. like The Whiz Kids and Burners And all the new artists That are coming out Like I, I love There's an artist I love actually So if I was to pick I will pick a Sunny Ade record that my dad likes because my dad died when I was one. So I don't yeah. really know my dad, mm. but I know like from people, like from his siblings and from my yeah, mum, yeah, yeah. like like things that he liked, a few things, right? Because, yeah. and so I would put what, like one of his favorite records because mm. then that's a piece of him yeah, yeah. getting to go yeah, in the yeah. future. Like, so he's. It shows, memory. The, it shows the importance of music as well, is that like it's. it's as well as obviously you'd want your sons to be aware of like there being a patriarchal lineage. Like this is as much as I know from my father and I can pass on it Facts. to my father stuff as well. And it's interesting how music is one of the best ways we can always use to uh, get a snapshot of a particular time or to maybe capture a mindset or, and I think it's, it's almost like you can, it helps you to kind of glean someone's personality based on what they kind of liked and stuff as well. Because remember, I've got no, my dad died in the 80s, right? So I was born in 86. Mm -hmm. So my dad died in 87. Mm -hmm. And just before my birth, before I was one even. So I was born on New Year's Eve. And so, so then I've got... It's a wild time to be born. It's, a, it's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. But my mum, I was born at quarter to 12. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> like, so I was almost born on New Year's Day. My birthday's Day. in September. I feel like I was conceived on New Year's Eve. Imagine. <laughs> like loads of people. All you September babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so then my my mum, um, my my all I've got of my dad, right, is like a few of his favourite records, what people have said about him, and a photo album of him and my mum. So then I look at the pictures and I've got the soundtrack of like Sunny Day. Um, like he's got, there's a few records, but I think I'll go with. I'm gonna check what the record is. There's one called Synchro System. Still alive, yeah, or? yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. He's still doing his thing. But these are like these are records that are from like some of them are from the 60s and mm. 70s. Like this, this is an artist that has been around for years. Mm. Like this is someone that 
really like a lot of Nigerian kids that are Yoruba would have yeah. grown up like hearing he was like the top artist for like mm. that generation like you know and so I like Sonny Ade I'll probably put like there's a song there's a record like a Nigerian artist old school one called um, Shinna Peters mm. old school as well like like my parents generation I took my parent my mum to his concert at, at Indigo too oh, cool. and she was she was going on like them young girls like Chris Brown <laughs> Yeah. I was. Quite, I think it's good. It, it was like a side of my mum yeah, that yeah, I'd never seen, seen before yeah, yeah, in my cool. whole entire life. Like yeah, yeah. she was like the whole time she was standing dancing. Like I mean, I've seen my mum in parties dancing and stuff, but that was a different setting. Yeah, it was yeah. a concert. She was in her seat, stood up the whole time. That's cool. Like watching him perform. So like yeah, I, but I, there's a record that he's got. I can't, uh, again. It's the sicker because it's in the 80s, mm. but the music is like massively influenced by what's going on in America. Yeah, but yeah. it's Nigerian. Mm. And the, even the, the 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 music video. So there's a, he's got a music video that I play all the time. Even my kids know it. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I just get bored and I just throw it on the records. And also these songs are like half an hour. Oh, sing. So like they're not like they're not like they just on I can't even explain them they're not even like pop traditional yeah, yeah. they just go on and on it's and a on a musical body of work yeah, yeah. <laughs> in one but, but it's interesting because like obviously now kind of full circle because now you get a lot of artists now who try to expand by having these visual albums so when Beyonce did the album yeah um, uh, Lemonade Lemonade yeah she's done it a few yeah, times yeah, she, she did the Lion King one kind of kind of did Runaway yeah. as well and uh, yeah so obviously um, can we talk about Ian that Walker, your girl is a bird. Can you talk? Can we talk about? Can we go <laughs> yeah. back over that that runaway? Like, what was that about? Phoenix. Yeah, what was that? Is this? I, I mean, I just think it's it's always Kanye's endeavor to just do what nobody else is doing. No, but really, like, we should watch that again. I wish we watched that I watch, before. I watch this. it often. I watch do it you? Yeah, I know. It, I know it well, man. Because the idea is that it's a phoenix that's come to earth, but the idea of the phoenix is that it's reborn. Yeah. So it's reborn in its flames, in it. So I guess that's the idea is that she's, uh, yeah, the personification of rebirth. I love that so, for him. Yeah, he's he's kind of. I mean, that was a big me, record. That was me, his biggest was, record for me. And uh, we know people on this podcast that listen know I have a very uh, tumultuous relationship with Kanye West. But for me, that was like the apex of his creativity. Like I thought, I thought that was amazing. No, he said that himself. Yeah, he said that. I've heard him do interviews yeah. where he's like, actually, he wanted to make the best rap album ever. Yeah, and that's why he's got like Nicki doing her thing. He's yeah, got yeah. Raekwon. He's got all the best rappers. Yeah, yeah, he had around him. Yeah, and like the but even like you know some of the records on that like you know like were ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. No, 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 never it's mind amazing. the pun. But yeah. like you know like you know even that record like the fact that he's got all those rappers on there. Yep. And then the guy that spins the tune is like, what's his name? Um, Sai, um, Sai Sai High. The Prince, yeah, the yeah. Prince who's yeah, yeah. like on a record with like Pusher and Jay-Z. Yep. And Jay-Z, all of them go in, but his verse on it is yeah. like, what are you even on, bro? Yeah, like, you know, and so like, you know, just looking at that whole album and the way even like uh, the process, yeah. the way they described like he was in Hawaii and he had a studio and he had everyone flying in and like even like, I, I remember watching an interview of Rick Ross saying uh, how he heard Monster and he forced his way on it like he was like <laughs> yeah. he's like this record's gonna be a big record <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. need to and you can hear that he forced his way on it because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just on the intro, the intro, <laughs> the intro, the intro strong intro the intro is hard the, the intro, intro is hard and I mean, so yeah. and so yeah so like for me like you know I'll take a Sunny Ade record I'll take a um, Shinna Peters record and then I'll take like really because again it's like Whiskey and that they're cool I love them like Burner Boy but I'll take like Ashake or mm -hmm. Zinoliski because they're like very like I feel like if I never let, left Nigeria I'll be them yeah yeah I get you so like every time I listen to them man because they're the streets like yeah, so like yeah. when I listen to them I feel like 
I'll be more in that lane, not the like the whiz kid. Yeah, I'll be more in that, more in touch with the streets lane rather mm. than Olamide, which is, who's another artist. I'll be more in that lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I relate to them personally more, mm. even though like I get why. Burner, all that actually mentioned are they all um, Yoruba? Yeah. Okay. So like because the languages are so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the languages people ask me like, oh, so you see the languages? Are they like? Can you understand it a little bit? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like French. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so genuinely, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, even ex- like, yeah, yeah. Ge- I'm being genuine. When I say like, Ibo mm. and Alsa sound like French to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same way, when you're like Spanish and French, yeah. sound like Spanish and French to you as an English person. I get that totally. I went, to, I went to Martinique in, when, in 2001. I went on a cruise. And I think my idea of how I saw the Caribbean was very skewed because I grew up in the UK. And then when I went to the Caribbean, like in the same way that you have like Britain, France, uh, Spain, like you said, and then you've got like um, the Netherlands. Yeah. The Because of colonization, the Caribbean is very much the same. There's the British West Indies and those are the flags you'll see at Carnival. Yeah, and then there's the French ones. There's the French ones like in Martinique and Guadalupe and Martinique is referred to as like Black Paris. I've never been to a Caribbean island where nobody spoke English. And if you spoke English to them, they looked at you like you was mad. Yeah, I'm not. They were like, but, but that's how French people look at you when you speak yeah, English exactly. to them. They were, like they you're mad. Talking, they were just like, and in the same way, it's like even when I speak to like North Africans, people from pay prank phones, because I went to Morocco. Yeah, I went to Morocco. I yeah, just I got like, back last yeah. week. Oh, uh, yeah. Where about you go? I went to Marrakesh. Yeah, I just yeah. got back last Like I got back on the weekend. I, mm. I just got back on the weekend. It was sick. Ag- uh, yeah, sick. I was in Agadir and like. It's all French. Yeah, it's all French. And they ain't trying. And uh, to be fair, I understand why they wouldn't. But obviously you take it as a given that, oh, because you go somewhere that people will speak You know, English. like, I understand Petit Francais. And yeah, so, like, yeah, so, 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 so that got me through. Desolé, desolé. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it got me through. Like, my, my, my small, small French yeah. got me through when I was in Marrakesh. But yeah, I completely agree. So I put Nigerian music. I put a little bit of Nigerian clothes, like a hat or like mm. Agbada, which is like a big sort of, how do I explain it? Like a shirt dress, but it's got patterns on it, yeah, and it's yeah. like it's like an overcoat type vibe. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that's like a big thing in our culture. And then the food wouldn't pass. Like I, I know in culture capsule, we'll try to do food to eat yeah, that yeah. thing. No, like we could put a recipe for food yeah, inside, but, yeah. but but not the actual thing. <laughs> yeah. And then moving on from the Nigerianness, I think like you know, sort of, I put a grime set. Yeah, because for me, I'd say if I was to put in a grime set, what I've got for me, I guess if I if I had to pick one, yeah. It's got to be... Um, Wiley and Dizzy. Yeah. Side one, though. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Fine, let's put that one then. I mean, for me, that that B-side... Yeah, yeah. When it's the... um When uh, Semtex has the dub plate... Yeah. For so, me, I was like, this 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 cannot fail. Yeah. That goes, obviously, we, like I so said, we was all aware of Grime. It's that set. There's another set that's by Boys in the Hood and dub plate Mex did one on one extra. And it was like, just before they did, I got that tape pack. But yeah. That's another one as well. But, but yeah, between those two, and maybe or maybe something like Nasty Crew, because I feel like Nasty Crew was like that. They the, were the streets. They, they were the, the streets, real yeah, grime. Yeah. There was like the ever. Yeah, they exactly. were the real grime. Exactly. Like, let's be real. Like yeah, yeah. they were like, and they were really rapping. They had everyone. That's what I'm saying. They had like they were like Wu Tang. That's what I'm saying. It, like for Nasty, Nasty Crew was like, I think yeah, Roll Deep boy grime to the fore. No, Roll Deep were commercial. Yeah, they I like Roll Deep yeah. more at the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in hindsight, Nasty Crew were better crew. Oh no, no, it was a better crew. But I thought I would in school when I was arguing, Roll Deep was better. Yeah. But like on as an adult, looking back, looking at actually the construction of Nasty Crew and the level of talent that they all had. 
Yeah. Like, they were actually the best crew. They were better than Rodi. Because yeah. Rodi had Dizzy, Wiley. Well, Dizzy at a time, Wiley yeah. all the time. Skepta, and then Skepta at a time. No, later. Like, you know, they don't even count. Skepta and Jeremy. Early Rodi can't claim Skepta and Jeremy. Like, that that Skepta and Jeremy Rodi is like after commercial yeah, commercialization. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, so like, but like, you know, the members of Rodi, apart from Flo Dan, Dizzy and Wiley, they couldn't chat to. I don't no, think a lot of people can chat to Nasku even today because I've said this all the time. Like Sharky Major was one of the wickedest L- lyricists, man. And, and he's not, and he's not one of the most prolific people in Nasty. Yeah, group, but he was amazing. So you had him, like you had like you know DWE. You had Mon- I am Monkstar lyrically yeah. big. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, like like they, they had so many people. Yeah, they had yeah, um oh, uh, high high par. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and there was just so many people in that so crew people, that yeah. like a lot of people. Like I don't think anyone else could chat to them. Mm. Boys in the hood, there weren't enough members in Boys in the hood. No, no. I just I just think it was because I just like. Um, dub plate mix like yeah, 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 yeah. When, when the dub plates they used to put together and what was their other DJ Biggie Smalls oh, no. oh, I can't remember their other DJs but anyway mm. so that that for me I would put a grime Sorry, set Semtex Slimzy's dub Slimzy Slimzy so yeah. I put a grime set I put a grime set mm. with the man them I'll probably do the Dizzy and Wiley easily mm. that might be it that's that's the one and then um, I'll put um what else was I into? I think Grime defined my teenage years, man. Yeah, I mean, okay, like, okay. we all like it was Craig David. It, it was important as well. I might put a Craig David record, yeah, you know? Yeah, I think it's good to put a great, I think musically, yeah, because Craig David, like, it's taken many years for people to go back and realise, like, remember, Craig David's also a singer-songwriter. Yeah, man, I might and, put uh, Craig I think, David. I think he was important because for a long time, for that generation of musicians, everyone had to use Garage as a springboard to even transition and be taken seriously as an R&B singer because... This country just didn't really show yeah. up to R and B. If if you were to be an R and B singer, or even to even remotely allude to doing R and B, they wouldn't even let you do that. I think it's still hard for R and B in this country. Hard now. I feel R and B is at least now just at least if it gets because you got streaming because it's a popularity thing. So yeah. like the thing about music now is that it's more democratized. Yeah. In that actually people that like R and B can find it on Spotify. Yeah. So like you can have a career, but still R and B singers, I don't feel like are given a, a necessarily the platform or marketing no, not that they deserve tough. in this country. Yeah, this country is still it's still it's still mad tough. And there's good you know what? It's there's amazing. probably like but even people the that... best batch of R and B singers yeah. England has ever had right yeah. now. I think that's probably true. They've there's always been good people that's come out all the time and we've had and I think but it, I mean but that's not the case. I think maybe it's just been like We've had someone that's just been so undeniable, they might get kind of a shot. Yeah. But even then, they still have to kind of use it to transition into something else. Because even, you know, remember Big Brothers? Yeah. Sharice and um, Nadia and them lot. Yeah. Individually, and then they ended up being in that song, uh, a group called Booty Love, and they did that song. With, yeah. With, with, individually, them two, their vocals, insane. No, no, I remember. I saw. Insane. I saw, I, there was, um, there was a, I can't remember what it was called. There was a thing, a concert. The first time I saw it, Sharice, um, the mixed race girl, yeah, yeah, Is that, yeah. yeah, yeah. First time I saw her, she was at Finsbury Park performing at some free concert. Is it Repology? Something Repology, I can't remember. It was like two. It was definitely two thousand, two thousand and one. I yeah, was yeah. mad young, like yeah, I remember, because yeah. I remember it was around the uh, Millennium. Yes. Remember Millennium? I'm yes. showing my age that one. <laughs> it was around the Millennium, yeah. The That's turn of the. Mi- you be quiet over there. No, because <laughs> no, no. The thing is about the Millennium. Okay. Do you know we've lived through so many generations. Our you. generation were very lucky because we've lived through so many things. Because even I was talking to someone about the Millennium though, but ah, I'm going to. It's, I'm turning <laughs> mad tangential. That, but this is a good tangent. Yeah, yeah. I was at the barbershop the other day and some youth said he was born in 2000. 
<laughs> it's funny. That's a, that is a youth as well, but I don't say what you were born in two thousand. I was like, but you're an adult. I was like, do you live in your own house? He said, yeah. And so you pay your own bills, but you were born in 2000. I remember 2000. People thought the world was going to end. Done, yeah. It was done. They built the Millennium Dome, yeah, the O2. Mm. And they didn't know what to do with it. Basically. For about a year, it was a white elephant. That's what they call them. Just (laughs) empty big buildings (laughs) with nothing. With nothing. They didn't know what to do with it. And then it turned into O2 and it gave it life. But like literally the Millennium was weird because they were like, it was like the pandemic. They were like, was, the yeah. computers are not going to understand <laughs> they gonna shut two, 2000. Yeah, turn against us. And, and they're going to they're gonna go to zero. <laughs> and we're going to go back to the year zero. So you have to, and, and so you have to, all the machines will stop working. So you have to buy canned food. Yeah, and, it's going to be medieval again. Yeah, it was a yeah, bit, yeah, it was yeah. a bit. It was going back to like horses and carrots. Yeah, it was a bit weird. It was so random. But yeah, but um, I remember the millennium. But yeah, around that time, because mm. I remember there was a concert a year before year and at the O2 or what and I saw her she was mad young and she yeah, was singing I, I was like wow this girl's amazing man and so in terms of like you know R&B in this country is so hard to do without turning it into dance or garage or yeah, like jungle yeah. or something like that totally. but like there's some really good like there's people like Jas Karis obviously what's his name um, Shaka like there's just yeah. so many people that really do this thing yeah. like on a higher level mm-hmm. that even like they get international looks on international shows yeah. but their music's not being like they get syncs or like American yeah. shows but their music's not being synced here yeah yeah well even that Jody Aisha who was in that heart, T2's tune Heartbroken people are still playing that tune over there in and, oh, they're calling it Jersey, Jersey Club isn't yeah, it yeah yeah madness I think yeah Craig it's David's like, a good shout though no so I'll put a Craig David record yeah. and then I'll put um I'll put a Craig David record I'll put a So Solid record I still like get starstruck by Ashley Waters and he thinks I'm trolling so every yeah, time I see him, yeah, yeah, so like every too. when I'm on the phone to Ashley Waters, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Ashley D. Yeah, he don't, like, he don't understand that. He, he, I don't think he understands. It. He was for me. I'm gonna say this. Ashley Waters was kind of a two pack to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't 100%. give a fuck what anyone says because it wasn't just the fact that he was like obviously he started acting on Grain Chill, then rapping, then doing the films. It wasn't just doing that. It was doing it as well as he did. Because I'd never heard anyone saying like Ashley D, even when he used to spit. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. for me, like. He was um, ahead of his time. Way man. ahead of his time. With um, only one to know you because you're famous. Yeah. Remember when I was young? I never had any. This guy. He's like me. Ashley for me. Like definitely is like one of my icons. Saturn for Richard Blackwood because that yeah. was one of my icons as yeah, well. Definitely. Like when I first came to England, I remember like the only two black men that I saw on TV, young black men, was Richard that I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. Were, was Richard Blackwood and Will Smith. Like yeah. I just wanted to be both of them. Absolutely. I thought they were the littest people in the world. Oh, of course. And so every time I see Richard as well, I remind him of that he hates it. Yeah. Like, I, but, I, think, I think like, you know, like, I, I think now, like, for example, I look at an artist like Central C, where it's like, you are poised to be able to achieve global stardom mm-hmm. coming from where we come from. And like, yeah, Richard Black was one of the first time I saw someone. I'm like, he can, he can go all the way. It could be anything. He's going to go all the way. But, and so know. Richard, for me, like, I'll put like a single doubt, an episode of single yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. Cause that was a fun show, like, a like show. you had the Richard Blackwood show, but I like singled out. Yeah, and I was a youth man. I don't even know why I was watching it and yeah, who yeah. I thought I was gonna be dating or whatever. But it was a lit show, so I put episode of singled out. I'll put um that was before take me out was take me out. That yeah, was exactly, show. exactly. That was the show. So yeah, all right. So <laughs> let me let me just pick a few more things in my mm. time capsule. So I put Kid Outed because that was a big film. Yeah. Like and not because I'm in it or because I say it, because I see what it means to people oh, daily still to today. Yeah, yeah. I think I posted like a clip from the film on my Instagram the other day and it had like 
300,000 views. And I'm like, bro, don't you not want to watch any of my new stuff? Like, <laughs> Again, for me, kiddohood is a thing where, irrespective of what people thought about it, in many ways, I feel like kiddohood walked so that Top Boy could run. No, 100%. 100%. 100%. is important. So I put that. I put... I put Bullet Boy because I liked yeah. I liked that a lot before yeah. Kid Altered came out. I enjoyed that. I thought that was really uh, everyone says Kid Altered was the first film that was the authentic street thing. Mm. I feel like Kid, um, Storm Damage, Bullet Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. those things kind of did the thing. I put the intent because I made it and yeah. it's important to me. Yeah. Like which is it's like you know as well. yeah yeah it's important. But if, to me like it it completely changed my life and showed that I could create content to a level and like gave me confidence to go on to create more content like the yeah. culture capsule and mm-hmm. be involved in like loads of other things so like the intent for me when we did that and when that came out 2016 was a massive turning point in my life creatively confidence wise financially everything like yeah. that was when everything i feel like i'm gonna say it i feel like intent walked so that gangs of london could run yeah <laughs> do you know what do you know what's funny about things like that because you know what like you you watch stuff and you're sitting there, you're like, they're referencing my work. Yeah. But they've got more money to do it. Yeah. They're referencing my work. But there you go. like you know, like, you know, in their writer's room or their like their process. Yeah. But obviously you don't want to say it publicly because like people worked hard and there is yeah, yeah. fresh creativity and everything. And the intent borrowed from creativity from African American films like Paid in Full mm-hmm. and and um, Belly and Juice and all of those films and Into Deep, which is the LL Cool J film that like, hardly anyone's seen that I loved. Seen that. But yeah, but like all those films, like inf- are the intent. Yeah. So those four films put together make the intent. Mm-hmm. And so like I've referenced other people. So like I don't want to take like people can reference the intent all they want. That's a compliment to us. So I put that and then like, you know, I put pictures of me and my kids, man, just in yeah. case like anyone finds it. Cause, cause I don't, I don't, I could put a lot more, but I think that's it. I that's think, thing, I think we put two Nigerian artists, the old school one, like Sunny Ade, um, Shino Peters, New School Ashake and Zeno Liski, um, and then I'll put like Craig David record. I'll put um, so solid music video, yeah. twenty one seconds. Yeah, I'll put um, um. Although Ono is my favourite music video Yeah I like Ono as well I like Ono a lot because I used to see this girl She's in a video I found it wild Like I'm like Raw like that's my thing But I saw her way after She was much older than me And like she's in She's like all over the video I'm like Raw like that's my girl (laughs) And the video is clean as well Still to today It still works today It works today Because actually the other ones The special effects have moved on Mm. Like whereas that one Because they shot in real life On the estate and all of it It's still very clean Mm. But yeah so um, Like like, all of those things Form who I am And Mm. all of those things Like go into like Influence who I am And like you know My family is very important to me Like not even just like my, My 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 partner my kids and all of that stuff like it's not about just us it's mm. about actually my sister my mom like extended family like my aunts all of that is very important to me and that's it i think yeah, i think it's cool, that's man. a lot of things yeah, yeah that's, that's all, that's i should put trainers on it because of the first part right. air max 90s because we're all like british isn't it yeah, like, yeah, yeah. can't choice. do can't do yeezys anymore because no, it's no. controversial right now um yeah, for, uh, now. for now <laughs> and then obviously jordan's i just feel like that's a beg we yeah. beg that it's true no it's true <laughs> I agree. MX Nights is the one, yeah, definitely. Femi, it's flown by, man. I hope you've had fun on the podcast. Um, I've loved it. This is an amazing no, podcast. No, I've got to talk about hype beast culture. Yeah. I feel like no one's ever done that. 
No, but I'm sure they have, but not here. No, I think the person that came closest, maybe Romesh. Ranganathan. Yeah. We spoke trainers and that's probably the closest. But um no, it's been a pleasure and we'd love to have you on again. But in the meantime, uh please let our listeners and viewers know about the stuff you've got coming up and what they can check out, which you've done. But yeah, so they can find your your existing time capsule. Um so for me, like, you know, you can watch um I've got a show called The Evolution of Black British Music, which is I should have put that in the time capsule because it, it goes beyond me. Mm-hmm. It goes like it captures black beat British music in the past 35 years. It's on BET UK and that looks at jungle, grime, garage, um, funky house, Afro swing, road rap and drill mm-hmm. and those genres and how they fitted into each other and the chronology of how those genres came to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, that's there out in the world on BET and it's on My5, which is like, Channel 5's BBC iPlayer that no one knows where it is. You can find it on your smart TV, guys. Just keep scrolling down the side, Uh, didn't it? Yeah, and also just type in the evolution of black British music Mm. and it comes up. It's one of the first things that pops up in your search engine. And then you've got um, Raps to Riches, which is a show that I made for Channel 4, uh, which looks at um, Crepton Conan, Lady Leisha and Wretch 32 and how they've gone from being rappers to being entrepreneurs and cultural figures outside of that, which was an interesting show. It was a quick turnaround, but I enjoyed doing that because it was it was just a positive show. There was yeah. like nothing negative about it. No, it, was, it was, and then um, I've got um, The Intense, both of them on Amazon Prime. I've got lots of projects that exist online. But if you follow me on at Femioniran on Twitter and Instagram, I've got a TikTok, but it's not a thing yet. So just follow me. (laughs) Follow me on Instagram. And I'm constantly promoting my work, old and new. But like ultimately, it's just like, you know, just keep an eye out. There's uh, every year. I've got a film called Trapping coming out this year. Oh, cool, cool. I'm very excited about it and it's going to do bits. I am more I am more than confident it will do. Um, And yeah, just to say, please continue to create, continue to exalt the culture. And yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTiste and at the Howard Cohen. You can now support us on Patreon. Just search DBQE Podcast and unlock ad-free content and you can watch the full-length video of the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.